Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Hey everybody, welcome to Grilling at the Green here on AM860 The Answer and the Golf News Network and a million other platforms out there in the world. I'm JT, and this is where we talk to the interesting people in the world of golf, the characters, curmudgeons, and carefree souls, which leads us to our guest today, Charlie Reimer, uh, the, the big timer, formerly from Golf Channel, tour player, does all kinds of stuff he's doing back there now in South Carolina as a goodwill ambassador, and he's doing some little golf shows. We're going to talk about that. We'd like to thank the folks over at Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef, you can be proud to serve your family and friends. It is truly beef the way nature intended. Charlie, how are you? It's been a long time. I am uh, doing great. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, 2020 was a little tough for me. Uh, COVID about took me out middle of the year last year, and that wasn't a whole lot of fun, and and uh, but I've pretty much recovered. I sadly I still can't taste or smell very good, and uh, I was hospitalized up till about July first. And you'd think you'd think your sniffer would come back <laughs> in all that time, but but uh, it, it really hasn't. But uh, uh, considering I'm just happy to be here, I'll, I'll give it a little bit more time to get my. Uh, taste of uh, sense and smell back for sure well you let me know when that happens and i'll send you some more painted hills beef how's that yeah, you you can always send me some painted hills beef you know how much i i love to cook and, uh, <laughs> yeah. in fact it's 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 funny um with that with a uh sense and smell not being what it was and my smell is sort of crosswired now i've got some friends that have experienced the same thing but i'm having to use a lot more seasonings and uh I was at downtown Charleston about 10 weeks ago and I ran into a place called the pepper palace that I didn't knew knew existed. And uh, I went in there, spent $270 on rubs (laughs) and seasonings and sauces. And I, and I bought some things I eat, like, like if I have some fish, I can't really taste it at all. But if you put enough of uh, the, the, uh, they had one hot sauce called, uh, it's just redneck hot sauce. It had a redneck on the cover, you know, (laughs) on the bottle. You put enough on there, you could taste it. But two hundred and seventy dollars worth of seasons and sauces that are seven dollars a bottle. I got plenty, and I'm using a lot of it every day. I, I was can tell you that. I was going to say, Charlie, that's a lot of rubs and sauces for two hundred seventy bucks. I mean, yeah, they, that, there's one I'm working up to. Um, the hottest pepper in the world is called the Carolina Reaper, right? And it's actually bred and grown in York County, South Carolina, which is where where I grew up. 
and and uh, I forget how many Scoville units it is, but it's like uh, like four million um, or something. <laughs> yeah, like like four million, and and um, you know, like a, I guess a jalapeno pepper is like two thousand, and this thing's like orders of magnitude hotter. And I got some sauces that have the Reaper in it, and they actually make you sign a release before <laughs> you go out the door with it. That, that if it puts you in the hospital, you won't come sue them. So. I hadn't quite worked up to that yet. Ghost pepper is about the hottest I've got, and and uh, but I got I got my eye on the reaper. I think it might be you know like one drop in a pot of chili sort of thing, but I'm gonna give it a shot. Yeah, you let me know how that works out for you, okay? Oh well, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know for sure. Maybe it'll bring my sense and a sense of taste and smell back. Maybe that's what'll reset the whole system. Either that, or you're gonna run right through the front door without opening it with your hands over your ears and your mouth. <laughs> Exactly. I live right by the Waccamaw River here in the Myrtle Beach area, so I might have to jump in there and gulp some river water to try and uh, knock some of that out. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna working up to it. I'm gonna give it a shot. So, how did you? I mean, I'm sure you don't know specifically, but how did you? Were you working and just in a crowd, and you found out a few days later that you got COVID, or what was the deal? Well, I, I don't know that you're ever a hundred percent sure, but. Uh, we, we think what happened is, is, uh, my, my youngest son, uh, last year was in a senior year at the university of Missouri. And, and I think once everything is all said and done, one of the things, uh, that was the worst mistake made in, in dealing with COVID, hopefully it's gets in our rearview mirror pretty quick. I know right now things are, are really rough in, in uh, certain parts of the country uh, in particular, but you know, when they, when they sent all these kids home from school. And, and, um, uh, the, you know, the kids are, listen, I'm not upset with my kid. Kids are kids. They're going to live life. Sure. And, and, uh, we found out later we're, uh, later was afterwards that, uh, he, he had had it. And I think maybe that was the exposure because he, he came home and he's living with us and maybe not aware that they'd even have it. That that's my best guess. Yeah. Um, the other thing is my, my nurse, uh, my wife is an RN. And, and, uh, she ended up, uh, testing positive for it too. And it could have been that it came, uh, from her exposure at the hospital or, uh, you know, I mean, really, really, I mean, it could come from anywhere. I mean, this thing is insidious, but, but, uh, um, it's, it's, uh, uh, for most people, I know when they get it, it's not a big deal. I'm happy for those people. In fact, my wife was asymptomatic and, and for me, I was in that, uh, very small percentage that that got hospitalized and, and, uh, she, in fact, she kept me at home for nine days and was monitoring my vitals and, and my uh, oxygen level got into the eighties and, and she couldn't get it back up. And, and so that's when she said, Hey, listen, it's, it's time to go to the hospital. And, uh, there, the hospital is actually her hospital, just a couple of miles from where we live. You know, the scary part about it is, if you've got somebody that's got it and you get to the point where your oxygen levels in the eighties, you, you need to go get some help and, and you, you can't go in with them, you know? And so she just had to drop me there at, you know, in the emergency department and, and, uh, the folks here, our hospital group here in South Carolina does a wonderful job. It's called Tidelands healthcare. And, and, uh, they, they're superheroes as far as I'm concerned. And, sure. And, uh, they were uh, even in a, in a small town that I live in, they were able to to have some of the exotic medications, uh, that, that, uh, you, you, you heard about that they gave president Trump and they gave some other people. I got some of that same stuff and, and <clears throat> excuse me, and I'm convinced that it had saved my life going in and getting on the, 
in particular com- combination of the antiviral called remdesivir and then a uh, steroid uh, that's that's uh, for your respiratory system called dexamethasone. That that combination once they got me approved to receive that. Uh, it was a matter of hours before my oxygen levels started coming back up. Until that point, I was in in pretty tough spot. I was on oxygen, and and I thankfully never had to go get on a on a respirator. But um, that would have probably been the next step. So wow. um, it and it took a good long while to get my strength back. And and like I said, I'm still feeling some symptoms from it. I hopefully you know, there's nothing that's you know that's real long term. I know a month after I got out of the hospital. I went in for um, MRI. My lungs were just fried, and and uh, all kinds of stuff in there from where that pneumonia gets in there. But, but um, you know, the good part is, you know, I did make it. Had quite the hospital bill, and uh, <laughs> I, I did make it. And uh, we, you know, we have some some friends that that they were in the same spot and didn't make it. So I'm I'm uh, I'm grateful to be here and and uh, looking forward to moving forward. I'll be I'm a little bit different person now. I can tell you I I am uh, spending a little more time on the things that matter and a little more time with, with the people that, that I want to spend time with. And and uh so for me I I take it as a, you know, a, a sort of a little bit of a life-changing moment um and and uh, a little more grateful for the for the things in my life that might have been overlooking a little bit. I understand. And you certainly can count your blessings that you, I mean, you didn't come through unscathed, but you made it through Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people haven't. um, And that's, that's a really, that's a tough, tough, tough deal. I mean, really Um, real quick, Charlie, we've got about 30 seconds before we go to break. How did your son react to it? When he had it, uh, well, he, he it, it was just like he had a little bit of a cold, uh-huh. and and he didn't even really think of, you know that that's what he might have. But the hard part for him uh, was uh, knowing that he likely gave it to me, and and yeah. that was that was one of the things when I was in the hospital late at the night, even with lung spasms and not thinking real well that. Oh my gosh! If you know if they tell me I've got to go on a respirator, I'm gonna to have to have a conversation with my son, so he doesn't carry this guilt with him the rest of his life. Sure. And, and uh, so he was he was uh, pretty fractured uh, when when it became evident that I was sick and it was serious, and and he was taking a lot of blame for that, and and I didn't view it that way, but that's the way he was blaming it. So that that was a little bit of a challenge for him. So. Um, you know, now, now we don't have to worry about all that, but there in about a 36 hour period, it was a little rough. I can tell you. Yeah, I bet it was. I bet it was. We're going to take a break here on, uh, grilling at the green. And we're going to be back and talking with our friend, Charlie Reimer from the golf channel and pro tours and all that stuff right after this, please stay with us. Hi everybody. It's JT. And this is a special version of grilling at the green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, welcome back to Barbecue Nation. That's my other show, folks. Uh, welcome, Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT, and today we're talking with Charlie Reimer. We'd like to thank the folks down at Langdon Farms. Even though you can't go in and dine right now, uh, they still have takeout of their prime rib specials every Friday night and their menu uh, all the way across the board. And they're going to get kicking into their rib specials here very shortly. So um, you've got that to look forward to. If you'd like to email us, it's very simple. Just 
info at grillingatthegreen.net. So we're talking with our buddy Charlie Reimer today who survived COVID. Um, when you when you got kicked out of the hospital and uh, finally, and I say that in all due deference, that's not a smart, smart aleck remark. Um, did you, were you tired? I mean, were you always tired? Could you not do anything or did it improve every day? Well, uh, yeah, I certainly improved once I got out of the hospital. Uh, they gave me the option. I responded so well to the meds. They gave me an option to, to get out of the hospital a, a couple of days earlier than, than I would have. Otherwise, I know my wife's a nurse and we just live close by the hospital. And uh, they, they had folks that needed to get to space. They weren't pushing me out, but they gave me that option. And I said, listen, I'll be fine. Uh, my oxygen levels are back up, so so let me go home. And so I went home. My wife picked me up in the middle of the night, and and um, you know I, I I crashed. I don't remember how long I slept. And and um, you know the whole the whole thing. Your oxygen level is low, so it's a little bit you know foggy remembering all that. But but they did want me. They said, hey, get outside in the sunshine and the air. You know, away from people for another week while there's a chance you might be still contagious. So. Whenever I woke up the next day, um, I, I, I live in a, a town home and it's two flights of stairs down to the uh, down down to the bottom level. So I said, you know, I'm gonna go out by the river and you know just walk a little bit. And so I walked to the the, the, the clubhouse here here at my club and it's maybe a hundred yards. And going down, you know, just two short flights of stairs. And then taking my time walking a hundred yards to the clubhouse, I had to sit down over there for maybe ten minutes to get my breath to where I could walk back, you know, and and um, just didn't have any strength at all and and uh, very low lung capacity, and and um, that was you know uh, not much fun realizing that, but incrementally every day he got better and better and better. You know that was probably around the second or third of July. And and I really don't think that that I was close to a hundred percent with my lung capacity, and my physical strength to, to probably in mid November, maybe early December. Mm-hmm. And and the other thing is is, is I noticed uh, like mental acuity, recall, uh, just sort of you think about your processing power, or your brain. That that was about the same time that I, that started to feel like it was a hundred percent. And, and so I think it just, it sort of challenges all the systems across your, across your body. And it, and it just takes a while for it to, to, uh, get everything cleaned out. And, and, uh, you know, I feel like that's done now. And, and, uh, I've, I've actually taken on a little workout program and walking a good bit more and all that. And, and, uh, so I, I feel like I'm, I'm getting close to, uh, where I was prior to, to being hit by this thing. But it's just one of those things you can't rush. You can't be in a hurry. You know, some, some days you just have to say, Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm going to have to go over here and sit down. And, and, uh, that's, that's, that's basically what I had to do. And, and, uh, um, you know, I've, I've been pretty, pretty busy down here at Myrtle beach with, a with a new TV show. I'm real excited about it. It's going to be airing on uh, CBS sports network starting the Monday after the masters. Uh, it'll be on Monday nights and uh, it's in a, in a programming block there. It'll be golf night on, uh, on CBS sports on Monday nights with Michael Breed, Nick Baldo, um, Marcus Aquino. I believe there's going to be a couple other shows in there. I'm, I'm excited about that. And it, it was fun taping those shows in October and November when we were taping them. And, and, um, um, I, I just had a couple of times, you know, you got a big crew and, 
And, and, uh, we had some things scheduled late in the day. And I said, guys, I want to be high energy for this show. Y'all don't think I'm a wimp, but we're going to have to do this tomorrow. And, and I'd never done that in my whole career. You know, sure. I'd, I'd always been on schedule and everything. And I just had to, just had to back off a little bit, you know, and, and, uh, I hope that time period is, is behind me, but, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's been, uh, it's been a challenge for sure. Well, I know it's <clears throat> it's tough. I mean, if you've ever had, I'm not talking about you specifically, Charlie, but any of the even the listeners, if you've ever had like major surgery, which I have had a couple of times, it's a yeah. it's a while before you know you think you can just you know go home and give it a few days and then you can get right back to it, and that's not true. Um, no, you may think it's true. Until you right. get those few days behind you and you're thinking, I got to go take a nap. I can't, yeah. <laughs> you know, right. I right. You know, and it, like, you can gut it through certain injuries. Sure. And, and, but when you, when you have the bad end of COVID or you have major surgery or, um, some, some other issues that, you know, they're not injuries, you, you know, I mean, you, you, you got to listen to your body and, and, and most of the time that means, Hey, back off a little bit. We need, need to get some rest and some sleep. Got some repair work that's going on here. And, <laughs> and, uh, you know, you're just not going to do what you, you're normally able to do. But the good news is, you know, the body seems to be very resilient and great at fighting all this stuff off. Uh, if, if given the proper time and, and nutrition and, and, uh, you know, staying somewhat healthy, you know, then, then I think the body's great at rebuilding itself back, but it, it needs to have the, the space to be able to do that. Yeah. We got all those little minuscule guys running around in hard hats inside of us and they're more than willing to put up a fight and fix stuff, but you got to give them the tools and the time to do it. Uh, exactly. Because I, I made that mistake once, as, as you know, I used to judge horse shows and stuff and, I had surgery in January and I went to do an 11 day show in Scottsdale in February. And it was the first time in my life that we had this, what they would call a judges stand in the middle of the arena, this huge show. And in between classes, I would go over there because I didn't judge every class back to back and back. Anyway, I would go over there, sit down. I would fall asleep. I had never done that in 35 years of doing that stuff. I had never fallen yep. asleep in the middle of the arena and I did. Yep. And I, and I felt like yep. such an idiot, but you know, it was my body saying, Hey pal, you need to, maybe this wasn't the best choice for you to do this event. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've, my body's told me that a few times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and talk about Charlie's new show on CBS sports and here in just a couple minutes on Grill, grilling at the green. Uh, don't go away. It's JT, and this part of Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Ben Hogan Golf. Check them out online at BenHoganGolf.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to uh, Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. We're talking with Charlie Reimer here on AM860, The Answer, the Golf News Net, and uh, multiple platforms and streaming services out there in the world. Like again, thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way 
Nature Intended, and Ben Hogan Golf Tour quality clubs at factory direct prices. Check them out online at benhogangolf.com. So, Charlie, I wanted to ask you about your new show. I've seen little teases about it on, on you know, the internet, on Twitter and stuff. Uh, we follow each other on Twitter, and so I get I get to see your stuff. But really jump in and tell me what's, what you're doing with it. Well, sure. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm based here in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and I grew up in South Carolina. It's uh, <clears throat> great to be back here in, 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 in the state that was so kind to me growing up. And and uh, I'm the ambassador for basically golf in Myrtle Beach. And, and uh, uh, we've got uh, nearly 80 member golf courses and 100 hotels and, and condo rentals and, and that sort of stuff. And all that information is over at playgolfmyrtlebeach.com. And, uh, so we, we wanted to do a Myrtle beach show, uh, because there's just, uh, so, so much going on here in, in terms of the quality of golf and the lifestyle that, that, uh, that is available here. And, and uh, I, I love the area and I'm thrilled to be back living, uh, here. And so uh, we came up with a name, Jeff, it's the best name in the history of names for TV shows. You, you, you want to know what, what that is? I absolutely do. Yeah, yeah, that'd be the Charlie Reimer golf show. I mean, <laughs> top that. How could it have any better name than that? And and uh, so, you know, we're we're the golf capital of the world here. And and so I just I just want to take people around Myrtle Beach and and show them how cool it is here, how, how much I I love it here. And sometimes we're on golf courses, sometimes we're on a boat out on the river, uh, sometimes we're in restaurants. One of the things I love to do is I, as I love doing a low country boil. And, oh, yeah. and uh, so we went into a neighbor's house that has a beautiful kitchen. And, and, uh, this, this past summer when, when I was sick, I had to sit in and watch a lot of TV and I love watching all the, the cooking shows. And I said, you know what, uh, when we start taping my show, we're going to have some cooking segments. So some of those were in restaurants, some of them, it's like, Hey, you know what, when I do low country bowl, here's how I do it, you know? And, yep. and, uh, I always thought it'd be pretty easy doing, a cooking show. Cause you know, I, I, I love to cook and, and my buddies, you know, say, say I'm good at it, but it's, it's different. I'm a golf professional. I'm not a cooking professional. Right. Right. And so, so when I was doing the, the TV and I, you know, I can give a bunker lesson while I'm doing eight other things that are related to TV. Cause I don't have to really think about giving the bunker lesson, but when I'm on camera, you know, and there's three cameras looking at me and I'm doing a cooking segment, I have to think pretty hard about the actual cooking. And, uh, so what we would do is is tie a dish into the area, and then I would also tie that dish in, into uh, into a player. And and so while I'm cooking and preparing the dish, I might be telling a story about Jack Nicklaus or uh, David Duvall or sure. uh, just 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 relating it to some players that I know or some firsthand stories. And and so that that that's that really has been a lot of fun doing that. And and um, so uh, the the show is is. Uh, uh, again, it's a Charlie Reimer golf show over there on CBS Sports Network, and, and starting in April. And when when I was fighting for the show to get it done, I I, I said I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this. And lo and behold, they gave it to me. I got everything that I wanted in the show, and I thought that's great. And and then I thought, you know, it's, it's sort of like you got ten people coming over the house for dinner, and you you've done a nice big pot of chili. And it's like, man, that chili is so awesome. I got the spice just right. And then you think, but but are they going to like it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so the problem is, is, is I got it the way I wanted it. Now I'm worried 
folks aren't going to like it. Ho- hopefully they will, but, but, uh, it, it was, um, being involved in the whole process and, and, uh, working with, with a great, great director and, and, uh, the folks that, that, uh, that I work with here at Myrtle beach being, yeah, it, it's good folks and beautiful place and, and a lot of good times, a lot of laughs, uh, at having, uh, some, some food in there, some, some golf, some golf tips, some, some, uh, stories that, that are timely uh and then being able to do all of that and sort of tie golf and life together really is what the goal of the show was and and i, and I hope that's what comes across when, when we start airing i'll be sure to watch and uh i'll give you my unvarnished review how's that oh i i'm sure i'm sure you will <laughs> <laughs> and i i I'd, I'd only uh only want it uh, uh to be unvarnished so uh but that that's been fun. I've also like everybody else now have a podcast. It's uh Balls in the Air podcast, which is a golf term. And and um that's that's been a lot of fun too. And so that's that's uh, uh a neat way to sort of uh tie in the T V show sure. along along with the podcast and some of the interviews I did with some of the celebrities. We might have twenty or twenty five minute interview, maybe only five minutes is going to be on on the cbs sports network show so we'll send people over the podcast for the, the extended uh, content that full interview and, and those two things seem to to work hand in hand so uh it's, it's been fun it's been a lot of work but it's also very exciting at the same time well i know from my experience of 20 odd years of cooking on television charlie it's not as easy as it looks for it is not no it's not at all it it uh Especially when you get on there and like, if I, if I'm just doing a, a six minute bit, five and a half, six minute bit, which is kind of standard yeah. for like morning television shows and stuff, you have to have before middle and after, and it all has to yeah. be ready at the same time. And you can't skip major steps. You can get away with it by, instead of yeah. saying, well, I use a quarter cup of this or that you just say, uh, ingredients are on the recipe on the website. So you can, you can save yourself a little time there. And I'm not telling you yeah. anything you don't know, but I'm, I'm just like, you've got, you've got this and you've got a floor director standing behind one of the cameras with their fingers in the air going three, two, one, you know, you got to go out yeah. this type of make stuff, food. make it good, <laughs> make it good, make it look pretty for well, people. Well, I didn't, Thankfully, I didn't have to do it live, so we, we'll be able to edit. But you know, you can only you can only edit so much. But uh, yeah, no, like I I haven't seen your show, uh, and and I'd always watch. You remember the old um, when I was at Food Network? It was just going, and Emerald Lagazzi yep. would do his nightly show, and they had the band over in the corner. Right, huge fan of that show. I'd watch it every night, and I always thought, man, that'd be so cool. And, and, um, yeah, you know, so he, you know, he's got a whole, whole hour to do it, but the work that goes into that show or went into that show, which I do miss was, uh, I mean, that was an amazing amount of work to do it. And here I am just trying to do a five minute, uh, yep. segment that's on tape, you know, <laughs> I'm like, I can barely get through that. So you guys that do that cooking professionally on TV, especially when it's live, I uh, have a newfound respect for what you do. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's different. It is different, you know, and, um, you get used to it. You get, uh, I, I tend to, my wife, my wife will give me hell about this once in a while in a nice way. But if I've got a show coming up that week that I got to do a lot of times I'm practicing what I'm doing the night or two before, you know, and doing this, but I'm trying to do it 
in the time frame. And so she'll go, when's dinner? And I'll say six minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Be hungry now. Be hungry now. You know, so it's a little different. Well, did they put you through a grind when, and I mean that in a nice way, but I I do know what it takes to produce a TV show and stuff. And it is not just walking out there and like you're doing a stand up for the news. And those guys have to be very prepared and got their facts down and all this. But when you're doing something like cooking or interviewing somebody, it's, it's again, it's a bit of a grind because sometimes if you're taping it, it's, you got to get a couple of takes in there. You got to say it a different way. And then the editors choose which one they like. And, you know, there's all kinds of moving parts. And I know you've been around television for a long time, especially at the golf channel, but was it a little different doing it for yourself versus doing it for say the golf channel? Yeah, it's, it's a very different uh, sort of feel. Um, And I, Listen, every time I've ever done, whether it's a TV podcast, a radio broadcast, it's, you know, I've, all, I've always tried to treat it as, hey, this is important to somebody, you know, and I'm going to give it 100%. But it's a little different when, when you've got your name on the show. And then the other thing is, is, is I, I'm doing the show myself. Sometimes I might have a guest, but a lot of times I'm the one that's providing uh, the, the energy, everything that we're doing in a segment right, right. And, I, and, and I don't have really anybody to play off on. And so the, the, the pressure of doing that is, is, is a little bit higher. Uh, and I enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. And, uh, that's, that's what I love about the business. It, it really is. It takes a lot, a lot more effort than people think to get the product the way you want it. Absolutely. We're going to take a break here on Grilling with Green. Charlie and I will be back in a couple of minutes to wrap up the show, and I think I can con Charlie into staying for after hours. So we'll be right back. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. Hope you're liking a little Joe Cocker music in between the segments today. Uh, you know, my old rock and roll roots from the radio business long ago. They sneak in here once in a while. Um, we've got Charlie Reimer with us today. But first, here is Bruce Furman with his golf tip of the week. I'll give you a couple tips for people that fight hooks and slices. If you fight a hook, you may want to feel a little more of a left side dominant swing. You might want to feel more of a pull in your swing so you may feel a for a right-handed player a firmer left-hand grip and a firmer left side and a good body rotation Um, if you fight a slice you're going to kind of do the opposite you're going to feel more of a push in your swing you're going to feel more of a throwing motion you're going to feel more of a right side dominant swing might feel a little bit like a a tennis topspin swing or skipping a rock on the lake so if you're fighting a slice, you want to be firmer with the left side and good body rotation. If you're fighting a hook, you want to feel maybe more right side, more of a throwing motion with your right side, feeling like the arms are almost passing your body. And if you do those two things, I think uh, you can help yourself if you're fighting too much of a hook or too much of a slice. I hope that helps you. Thank you, Bruce. We appreciate that. And folks, if you want to find out how to get a lesson or some uh, consulting counseling. He's a good counselor too, I must say, uh, from Bruce. Just go to Langdon Farms, click on the instruction 
uh, icon there on their website. It's a big drop-down menu. You can see Bruce's picture of him, all his credentials and stuff, and then you can schedule a lesson with him, or if you just want to talk to him, you can get a hold of him that way. Now let's get back to talking with uh, with Charmley uh, Reimer here. When you were sick, when you know you had to kind of rest and do some stuff like that, I know one of the last times we talked, you said you didn't watch much golf on TV. Did you watch any golf when you were, had your downtime? No. Uh, I, I, I really didn't. Um, and, and, uh, I, I, I did watch a lot of TV, but I I found myself, I I watched on TV. I watch stuff. I I watch a lot of cooking shows and, 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 uh, I I just, I love, I mean, you can look at me, uh, and see that obviously I'm uh, food's a big part of my life, bigger than it, it should be. But, uh, uh, I, I enjoy watching some of the barbecue shows and, you know, anything sure. that Bobby Flay does. I miss, I miss Emerald Lagazzi. And, and, uh, so I, I, I really enjoy that. I watch a lot of shows like, uh, uh, my wife thinks I'm crazy. Like this Oak Island show, you know, I mean, right. they, they've been digging on that Oak Island for years. There's something down there. And then that, the Bigfoot shows, man, I'll tell you what, <laughs> you put a Bigfoot show on, I'm going to watch that sucker, even if I've already watched it two or three times. I'm fascinated by the Bigfoot shows. So that that's generally when I'm watching TV. I read a lot. But when I'm watching TV, those are the kinds of things that, that I watch. At Bigfoot, I, I love to fly fish. And I've never seen Bigfoot, but I was I was uh, up in North Georgia uh, fly fishing by myself uh, till past dark, and I had about a two-mile hike out. And um, I could smell him, and I knew he was watching me. And yep. ever since then, you know, I, I've I've been fascinated by Bigfoot. But, speaking uh, of, they're gonna find Bigfoot one of these days. Speaking of Bigfoot, before we did the show today, I was flipping through the news. There's a a pending piece of legislation in the state of Oklahoma to have a Bigfoot season. There's a county oh. down in like Southwest Oklahoma, probably by the yeah. That's a that's a hot spot for Bigfoot. I've seen a few shows from there. Yeah, yeah. well, the state senator from there is introducing a bill that they have a two-week season or a month-long season, whatever it is, for Bigfoot. Yeah. And the game department's kind of scratching their head going, well, you know, if they tell us we've got <laughs> one, I guess we'll issue tags. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't If they drink much moonshine in that area, I wouldn't want to be in the woods during no. Bigfoot season. I can tell you, because I got a size 15-foot. They might mis- mistake me for, for the big guy. Now, now, I do see some of these shows where they go out and they're, uh, I don't have any problem with hunting, but I, I, I'm not a big fan. I, if they get him, I hope they tranquilize him or get a good picture or a nice interview. Yeah. Uh, would be, <laughs> would be great. But I, I would, it would be sad if they ever find out that there's a big foot by somebody dragging one in and they shot, I think that'd be pretty unfortunate, but, uh, yeah, maybe really. get some good trail cam photos of, you know, them sitting down, having a little, uh, uh pig picking or something. That'd be nice. <laughs> You know, it'd be funny if they did get an interview with him and you found out he was very well read and could quote Shakespeare, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, as crazy as this world is now, I don't think that would surprise anybody. Not really. Well, Charlie, uh, are you going to stick around for after hours? You got a few minutes when we're done? Absolutely. Happy to stick around. All right. Well, Charlie and I are going to get out of here next week. Um, we're either going to have Samantha Marks or Patty Valero. Patty's got a really interesting story about um, how she was injured. She was an EMT down there in Florida and lost part of her leg. And now she's on the uh, PXG Heroes program. She walks with a prosthetic mechanical 
uh, attachment to her leg, and she's knocking it out on the, she's amateur, of course, but she's playing golf every day down there, and it's really kind of turned her life around. So either Patty will be on next week or Samantha Mark, so you know from the Golf Channel. So for Charlie Reimer and I, I want to say thank you for listening. Take care, everybody. Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved.